season two of Well Said Podcast. It's taken us a few extra weeks than we thought to get the ball rolling again, and we've made some significant changes, so we're excited to share that with you. For those of you who are just joining us, who are not as familiar to um, season one and the things that we've been talking about, the Well Said Podcast is going to be a weekly conversation about the, the challenges, the beauty, the excitement, the wonder, uh, and the complexity of following Jesus in the post-Christian crazy culture that we live in today. And it just seems like ever since we've quit and taken our break these past couple of months, the world is getting even crazier and crazier. So we're excited to dive back in. We're excited to share with you guys Think Out Loud together. And before I have any more uh, things to say, I want to introduce you guys to our new co-host. Mr. Alexi Chaika is not joining us this season. He's got a lot of life changes, things that he's taken care of. And uh, with me filling in this season is going to be Max, the Tovchenko. What's up, man? Hi. Thank you for having me. Yeah, dude. You're, you're, you're not just a guest. You're going to be here as a co-host. So I think people who've been listening would want to hear more about who you are. So tell us a little bit more about who you are and why are you doing this? Why, why are you joining me on the podcast? Yeah, so first reason, obviously, that I'm joining the Well Said podcast is uh, because I was asked to do it. Um, but You're that's forced. Not, that doesn't mean I was. Uh, I'm doing it out of obligation, but uh, out of my own free will. Um, yeah, but my name is Max Levchenko. I am 25. I have a wife and two kids. Beautiful family. Career-wise, I'm a branch manager at a company named Flat Roof Pros. Uh, spoiler alert: We do flat roofs. Right now, I do kids ministry. Um, this is something that. I never would have seen myself doing a few years back, yeah. but God in his providence and uh, you know, his foreseeing of my talents and what he, the ways that he can use me in the church has put me in kids' ministry, and honestly, I can honestly say it has been the best ministry that I have ever served yeah. and, and have been a part of. Um, it's just been an amazing, amazing journey that God has led me through and my family being able to serve not just by myself, but serve with my wife there as well. Uh, we're making some changes, and we're working with the older kids uh, from ages 8 to 11. That has just been an amazing blessing. And to those of you out there who have a certain stigma about kids' ministry or uh, kids, uh, you know, just just the ministry working with the children in the church, it's one of the most rewarding hmm. things that you can do. Yeah, that's cool. No, I think... Between me and you, both of us having two little kids, um, there's going to be a lot of kid talk on this podcast. Just just stories, crazy stories of being parents. You know? Yeah, that's unavoidable. It, it's coming, guys. Parents. It's coming. But, you know, I think speaking of kids' ministry, the, the cool thing has been in our church is that we're a fairly new church plant here in Bellingham, Washington. Um, we are building from the ground up. You know, it's like we've had three and a half years, and we literally start from nothing, and we're mm-hmm. trying to work our way through everything. Um, and the cool thing about that is, I mean, it's both a blessing and a curse. You have to build every ministry from scratch. You have to actually ask yourself, wait, okay, all my presuppositions, all my assumptions, all my traditions that I've been part of, um, not necessarily throw that out, but push it aside for a moment and ask myself, what do I know about what scripture says about this area of the church and how do we build it? And it's been a cool process. I think kids ministry has been one of those areas that, 
it's been awesome to see it grow and to see committed men and their wives plugging in. And once you have kids, you realize Sunday school is not just babysitting. Uh, Sunday school is theology 101. Yeah. Uh, In the trenches, right? How do you expend? I was was putting my daughter to sleep a couple, you know, this happened, I think, last week. And I'm talking to her about how um, how we live in in our family. We live as in, in fellowship, and we live in love and unity. Why? Because God created the world out of love, out of the love that existed within Himself. God mm-hmm. created out of love to share the love that was within Himself with us. God saves us out of love. Jesus comes into the world, and God exists in a relationship of love and unity. And because of that. We have to exist in a relationship of love and unity. So I was talking to her about like how she needs to relate to little brother. You know, my daughter is three and a half. My son is two. And these are very simple things, right? Why should you share toys with your brother or whatever? But the the concepts go all the way down to the core. Why should you share with your little brother? Well, because the Trinity <laughs> because the Father, the Son, yeah, and the Holy Spirit—it goes yeah. deep, right? And so she's she's there, all tucked in with her little, you know, fuzzy bunny rabbit, tucked in with her in bed, and and I'm trying to explain Trinity to her and how <laughs> how that works, and it's That's it's great. crazy because she's asking like, wait, but how does it work? God is one, and God is three, um, and this isn't just fun. This isn't just fun anecdotal stuff, like. This is real. My daughter needs to know why she should share with her brother. My daughter needs to know why she needs to long to live in unity and love with the family. Well, essentially, it goes down to the nature of God and the Trinity. And that's just one question. Yeah. You know? And then you take all the questions. So, yeah. And, and the thing is, the more that they you feed them the actual deep uh, principles of truth from the Bible, not just those cheap little things, you know, well... Share with your little brother because mm-hmm. um, the more that they experience that, the more they demand or or want those answers, and they don't settle for anything less. Right? You know, you tell them, "Well, stop, stop making noise." You know, be respectful. Well, why? Right. Okay, let's go a little deeper. Let's go a little deeper. Let's go a little deeper, and they actually want to know, and that's been an amazing thing that has just been really eye opening to me is that they actually want to know. So you take these truths, these core biblical truths that you you believed your whole life. You've never really had to challenge them in a way, in a sense. These are these are convictions that have been built up over time, but now you have to chew. Right. And you have to chew and over and over and over again and break it down to that place where they can actually take those take that food in. Right. That's cool. Yeah, no, that's it's where you realize that theology matters and that you actually don't understand as much Bible as you thought you did. Because if you can't under- explain it to a five-year-old, if you can explain it to a five-year-old and they kind of start to get what you're saying, it means you've really understood yeah, the absolutely. doctrine. <laughs> yeah. So that's cool, man. That's, can that's can I point exciting. something out about this? the well-said podcast? I think that just kind of gave me a thought at what does it mean to say something well? Right. Uh, it's not necessarily using big colorful words and if you made this sentence sound extremely uh, vibrant and big and extravagant and you use words like photosynthesis right. then all of a sudden you just said it well 
Right. But saying it well means actually understanding it and bringing it to the audience that is actually listening so that they can understand, that they can think through these things with you, right? Mm-hmm. It's You can say it in a totally different way. You could say the same truth to a group of scholars or to your kids. But if you don't say it well to each specific context, you're not saying it well. Right. You're just blabbering, right? right? And the other component to that, what does it mean to say something well? Um inevitably involves not just the intellect but the heart so yeah and that's something that if you haven't listened to season one go back through and listen there's the first episode is titled what is well said and one of the points we make there is we are not looking just for answers that satisfy our intellect all of us we are spiritual creatures we are Mm -hmm. we're looking to be satisfied in our hearts and we're looking for answers that that will cause us to uh say yeah that's right. Like mm-hmm. that Absolutely. hits that. That's what I'm looking for. Right. So yeah. answers that connect to the heart, um, answers that make sense of life, the, the, you know, the challenge and complexity of the world we live in, the challenge and complexity of our own hearts, our own confused hearts. Um, so, and that actually kind of bridges us to my next question for you. You know, why, why, why are you the co-host? Why, what is your interest or what, what makes you want to jump into this podcast why does this podcast matter to you or to us also in general i think it's just generally what we just talked about uh that's that's something that i've realized is extremely important in this day and age is to communicate in in a manner that uh speaks to the heart Mm -hmm. when you have to question some of the core fundamental things that you've always believed that's that's always a good thing. That's mm-hmm. always gonna, there's always, there's only up to grow from here. Right. And so that's, that's really why I enjoy the Well Said podcast. That's why I enjoy podcasts in general. You get to, qu- these questions, these truths get to connect to your heart. Yeah. And the thing that's connected to that, I think, is um, we live in an age where people want instant, quick inspiration. Um, people want another podcast that's going to give them a boost of spirituality, of uh, feeling closer to God or feeling closer to spiritual maturity, having a richer experience of spiritual growth. And so, you know, as Christians and as even if you're a non-Christian, you're a spiritual being and you're looking for answers, you're looking for some sort of growth and fulfillment. And the thing that we have to be very aware of is the fact that we live in a time when everything is experiential. Everything is uh, looking for an instant gratification, an instant emotional experience. And so we define growth in those terms. We define growth in having that yeah. boost, some, some quick answer, some article, some sermon, some book, some podcast episode that's going to get you forward, mm-hmm. you know. But the fact is, the, the simple reality is that that's not how spiritual formation works. Spiritual formation is not locked into emotional experiences, isolated emotional experiences. Spiritual yeah. formation is a little different. It's a little slower. It's a little more long term, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's something that we were talking about off air is that today we're just encouraged to consume as much as you can as fast as you can because life is just passing you by it's fleeting 
Everything is going to go away someday. So the way that you enjoy things, the way that you enjoy this world, the way that you gain satisfaction is by getting as much as you can as fast as you can. Mm-hmm. It's those little tidbits of, like you said, of those little spiritual uh, spikes that mm-hmm. keep you going for the next one and the next one. You know, one conference can keep you lit up as long as you can make it to the next conference, right? right. Things like that. But there's a certain beauty and uh, experience of satisfaction and peace and joy in this life that can only be attained through that long process right. of spiritual growth. That, that process that takes time, that takes energy, that sometimes takes toil. Right, right. And like... And I, we have to be honest, not everything about current culture is evil. Obviously, there's so much good to living in yeah. advanced technology and, you know, modern, the modern world. Oh, yeah. But we have to really be honest that today it, we are rewired in how we think about our lives. Because technology is so beautiful and amazing, you know, you've, we've got these amazing laptops and phones and tablets that have these amazing perfect screens you click a button tv shows you know are just getting so shiny and amazing these days everything is entertainment is getting more amazing technology is making everything shiny sparkly attractive and instantly delivers that nudge of um emotional kind of satisfaction i want a cup of coffee well i've got six seven different coffee shops in town all of which are always you know, competing with each other for the best latte. You, you go in, you order exactly what you want, you get exactly what you want a minute later. We live some of the mo- one of the most uh, affluent and prosperous lives of any civilization in history. Yeah, absolutely. And so, but you have to be aware of what that does to you when you're talking about spiritual satisfaction and uh growth and and contentment and development because what it does is it makes you believe that the emotional experience is the reality Mm, instead of instead of seeing the emotional the emotional experience of joy and peace say as the fruit or the result of true maturity we see the emotional experience as the thing so it's like it's it's backwards. Yeah. Because yeah. it's like saying, you know, I, I really I really don't care about going to the gym, but what I really want is that amazing rush of energy and um, adrenaline that I get after a good workout. So I want I want the rush. How do I get that rush? Well, you kind of have it backwards. I mean, you go to the gym to stay healthy and to grow and to work out and to take care of your body and one of the byproducts is that this that your body feels like you know like, like an energy charge, but to say that oh I want the I want the rush I want the adrenaline the endorphin rush after a good workout is is to kind of set up a mirage in front of yourself that you're always chasing, and it's it's gonna it's like chasing your tail, and spiritually I feel like that's one of the challenges of our generation, we're after the rush uh, we we want the spiritual experience. We want maturity and wisdom and spirituality. We want to experience God. Um, but we have no actual conception of the process that that entails. You know? Yeah, I can't really relate to the gym analogy. 
<laughs> just because I don't go to the gym either, <laughs> but I work out at home. So what does this mean then? Well, uh, do we not chase emotional experience or whatever? No, not, that's not necessarily what we're saying. What we're saying here is, and I think something that honestly, this has been personally uh, just impacting me in a big way these last this last six months, this last year, understanding that spiritual development and spiritual growth is a long term process in which we are engaged and. It's not necessarily about how it feels in the moment. It's about the understanding of the reality of the process. Uh, it's about understanding that my life is part of a process. It's about understanding that uh, my spiritual growth and development is not how I felt this morning when I read my Bible and prayed. My spiritual growth and development is, is connected to a big picture, long-term process that God is working. And the, and the analogy we were using earlier is, uh, when we were talking about this, is like it's, a sl- it's like a slow cooker. Um, it's, not, yeah. it's not a sizzling, quick, fast, you know, you, you grill a piece of meat on the grill or whatever. You pop it in the microwave. Yeah. And bam. Bam. It's not a, mi- yeah, there is no such thing as microwave spirituality. Uh, that's a good, that might be a good, like, tagline for an yeah. article or something. It's, it's more of seeping and submerging your heart and soul into a lifestyle process in which God is working in your life, right? So one of the things I wanted to point out here as well, I was driving this morning and I was thinking, why does it matter how we view our spirituality or how, our, how we view our spiritual growth? And that's actually a big deal. Like if you think about it just just from a simple perspective, when you're going on a road trip, if you're expecting to drive for six hours that day and you have to drive 12, like you feel those extra six hours a lot more. Mm -hmm. But if you're geared for 12 hours, you're kind of, your mindset is already geared up for the long haul. Right. You're already, that's what you're expecting. So if you expect microwave Christianity, if you expect microwave growth, spiritual growth, just something that... You, you just put it in, next day you, you, you take it. You, know, you, you collect these little treats all along the path to, to spiritual growth, to spiritual maturity. Then that long haul, you won't be prepared for it. You won't be experiencing the, the true satisfaction of that. But when you're already geared up, when your mind is set on the fact that, yes, truly acknowledging that this is a process, that if you are a uh, gospel-believing Christian, if you are under the influence of God's truth and His guidance, then this will be a process, and that is to be embraced. Mm-hmm. That's a mindset that we need to clothe ourselves in and embrace. That matters if we have that mindset. Right. So the question I think that somebody might who's listening might say, well, then what does uh, emotional experience and, you know, kind of this immediate uh, sense of fulfillment. I mean, does that play any role? Does does is Christianity then this emotional or sorry emotionless stoic commitment? What role does emotion play in spiritual maturity? Then, if it's not something that we're looking for an emotional experience every time we're opening our Bible, where should we categorize emotion? Should we just discount it? Because I think our Previous generations have been guilty of just kind of discounting emotion and yeah. saying, oh, emotion yeah, is a sin. Emotion doesn't matter. Just uh, think think spiritual thoughts and you are spiritual. Yeah, I think that just ties in completely to the other three components of, of the heart. Like we were talking about earlier, 
is uh, there's there's not just one component to spiritual maturity and growth. Mm-hmm. There's not just the thought process or I'm going to do it like this and you know you will something into existence in your life. And there's not just the feeling and emotions. If you look at a lot of the different pitfalls of Christianity today, it's leaning too hard on one or the other part of spiritual maturity or your growth or your heart. Right. It's either you're just a thinking church and they call it, you know, Bible thumpers. Like this mm. is, this is, that's all we do. Or then, then there's the charismatics who all they do is feel, but then there's the legalists who all they do is will. will. Yeah, exactly. So when we discount one of those, of those aspects of the heart of change, then we automatically start to lean on one or the other. So emotion mm-hmm. is, it needs to be seen as part of the process, as as part of the whole. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. The heart is dynamic. The process is dynamic. But I think, yeah, and so to add to that, to counter our modern tendencies, we have to understand that spiritual maturity and spiritual formation is not a string of isolated emotional experiences and it's not defined by necessarily by emotional experience. However, the end of the day, the whole purpose of all spiritual growth, as Jesus said, the one central law of all of scripture is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Love is an affection. But I think when you're talking about true spiritual maturity, your goal is to anchor yourself to a a process, a long-term process in which you are digging down into the truth of God, digging down into God's work into your heart, um, digging down into a process of life that is inviting grace to shape your heart. And out of that arises a deep affection for God that is not as fleeting. It's Mm -hmm. not as daily, you know, oh, today was a good day because I read my Bible and it felt so good. Yesterday was a bad day because I just didn't feel anything. Instead of being tossed back and forth by that kind of experience and definition of our spiritual journey, the goal of true spiritual formation is a deep-seated affection for God and for his work and for his kingdom. And that affection is it's there kind of no matter what. Even on yeah. sad days, you, 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 know, you can always lean back and be like, God is great. Um, so... Yeah, sorry, we are busy people. We got phones ringing and, you know. Yeah, I think that word affection is actually really, really good word to use instead of emotion almost. Mm -hmm. Because emotion almost carries that connotation of something that comes and goes, comes and goes. Mm -hmm. Oh, I'm having an emotional day. Whereas affection is is more of a long-term steady stream that you, like you say, it's it's dug down. It's dug deep. Yeah. Deeper than just emotion or what you're feeling. Yeah. Affection is more connected to your whole heart state rather than an emotion that can come and go. You could be excited about lunch and then look at your lunchbox and be like, shoot, yeah, a pastrami sandwich again. <laughs> so emotions come and go based on immediate experiences. Affections are more tied to the things that your heart like is connected to in a permanent fashion. Uh, it, it's connected to identity, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so we have been talking about this whole thing. The, the question that set this whole thing off is why this podcast? Well, I think practically like takeaways for today. Why are we doing this podcast? I think there is no such thing as a podcast that's going to boost your spirituality. 
uh, instantly. There, there is no shortcut to wisdom. There just yeah. isn't. There's no shortcut to insight. There's no shortcut to maturity. I think what we're trying to do here, we're trying to bring uh, nuggets of truth and experience molded together. Um, uh, reflection on the condition of our hearts, the condition of our culture around us, and the reality of Scripture and how all this connects. You know, uh, One bite at a time, trying to share, to savor, to look around, to think, to look at our own hearts, to look at the hearts of the people around us, to look at the heart of our culture, and to ask these simple core foundational questions that help us build wisdom, help us build insight, help us build maturity on the inside and on the outside. One very important, I think, um, consideration to all of this is it's impossible to connect yourself to a spiritual process if you don't know what the story is underlying that whole spiritual process. And I think that's one thing that we as a generation lack is a deep awareness of the reality of the gospel, you know? Christianity is both simple and complex. Christianity is simple because it is all about one simple story. The Bible presents the story of creation, fall, redemption, restoration. And in Jesus, Mm -hmm. all things are made new through his life, death, and resurrection and victory over sin and death. He invites us into his kingdom. He adopts us as we consent to following him, as we commit to... Uh, lordship in our lives, we become his disciples. So that's simple. It's one story. But it's complex because what you need to do now, you need to anchor yourself to that story. You need to kind of tie yourself to that story. And you need to let that story ride through your heart over and over and over and over and over every day through the basic normal means of grace, through reading of scripture, through meditation on the truth, through prayer through biblical fellowship in the church, through worship with uh, godly, mature Christians, through reading um, books that help you understand the Bible and understand the world. So it's this basic process, you know. But the delight is that you, ha- you as a Christian, you can always stay, step back and look at the world and be like, what is the story? The story is God is making all things new through Jesus, and I am his child, and he is working in me. So... If you're a Christian, at any moment, you can step back and say, wow, like God is working in my life. He is shaping me. He's, he's taking this block of granite and he is chiseling out a process. He's chiseling out a, a statue of his grace. And so I'm a block of concrete. I need work at the same time or granite. I'm a block of granite. But at the same time, he is the artist at work. So I have hope because he is always at work. I'm not fixing myself. But I also have a real reality. Um, I'm always, I'm not always going to feel the right stuff. I'm always not, not always going to think the right stuff. My Christian story is a journey. And so I'm washing my heart with the story every day, every day, every day. That helps make that heart something different, you know? Yeah, absolutely. I think that's, that's a really good point. Understanding that it's not a Christianity where we think today I'm not doing so well. So I'm going backwards in a way, right? It's not the two steps forward, one step back. Three steps forward, two steps back. It's not that kind of Christianity. If your life is rooted in the gospel and the reality of Christ's lordship over your life and over this whole world, like we were saying that the gospel, God has already written the story. He's writing the story. You're a part of the story. Whether you want to be or not, it's a fact of life. So you're always technically moving forward. 
God is always shaping you and molding you and doing something in your life. And those days you're not feeling it, the days that you, you feel like it's that two steps back, that's, that's actually a step forward as well. That yeah. is God molding and shaping you in a way that maybe you can't see now, but I guarantee you a few years down the road, maybe it'll take a few years, maybe a few months, a few weeks, you'll look back and you'll be amazed at God's grace and his power at work in your life. Yeah, you might have been walking down the trail of your spiritual life thinking, here's my progress, blah, 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 and all of a sudden some force shoved you into the bushes and the thorns in the side there, and you're like, oh my gosh, I'm off, I'm wrong, everything, my life is messed up, blah, blah, blah. Well, maybe God is pushing you through the bushes because there's a shortcut. Maybe he's He's getting you to the trail on the other side. The reality is, it's always a process. That's he's your path. Always active. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. your path. Every day there's new grace, you know, like I love the words that Paul says in Philippians. He says, I forget what was yesterday. I forget what was past and I strain forward for what lies ahead. The assumption there is my life is a process and I am not Lord over that process. He is Lord over that process. And every day there is new grace. No matter how yesterday went, every day there is new grace to repent, to face my sins, to give them up to him, to cast my anxieties upon him. And to be confident and to have peace in the fact that he is working. And look forward. Look ahead. Don't look back. You don't need to obsess over uh, where is your life going and how what the mistakes you made in the past. Mm-hmm. Like the reality is he, is he is working a work forward. And for me, even like practically, it's funny. Like I've come back to like paper and pencil even for my devotions and reflecting on what God's teaching. Like slow down. Yeah. Like read Pray, take in, write down, meditate on what is the truth God is impressing upon your heart. Write it down. Um, see it, you know? Mm-hmm. The other thing is, you know, social media. Like, I think it's the constant temptation, especially in a political storm like today, to be spewing out opinions, to be, to be, to be letting out responses, to be telling the world what you think. And... When I'm looking at this whole circus, there's a tension. You can't just pull out and say, this whole thing's a mess. I'm just going to go live my spiritual life in my closet. No. Spirituality is every day. Here it is. Broken world. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, I don't need to try to have this urge to say something every day about everything. Yeah. In, 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 In response to the major complexity of the world, what I want to do is actually dig down and say, God, teach me wisdom. In this crazy world, teach me wisdom and help me to open my mouth carefully and also to open my ears even more carefully, you know, to see, to listen, to learn. Instead of being on this hyped up track of just respond, 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 Mm -hmm. uh, run, 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 keep up, keep up, uh, inject yourself with more stimulation and more ideas and just let the world know, you know. Uh, Proverbs says, the fool takes no pleasure in understanding, only in expressing his opinion. And we really live in a culture like that. It's defined by that. Opinion, 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 nonstop. And as Christians, what we need to do, we can't just pull out and say, well, forget all this. But what we need to do in the midst of this is pull, is, is kind of slow down and say, God, teach me wisdom in this. Help me to listen carefully. Give me insight. Give me understanding. There's no shortcut. It's a lifelong process. Yeah, the, I feel like the formula to being heard these days or to have your opinion matter is to speak quickly and speak loudly and say something crazy yeah and if you do and if you're the more obnoxious the better take notes and so if you just 
if you speak loudly, if you speak quickly, if you speak rashly, um, then you'll you'll be heard, you know. And that's that's what the world is offering us as the formula to have an, our opinion voiced nowadays. Right. But that's not how it works. That's not that's not how how God's truth is set up in this world. Yeah. The same need for the church. What is the church supposed to do in the midst of all this? People in our church ask the question. You know. Where are we going with our church? What does the future look like? We're always shifting, changing, reevaluating. The answer, in a sense, it's simple. We are disciples of Jesus. We want to make more disciples. We want to proclaim the gospel, live it out. The answer is also complex. Um, we don't have a five-year plan sketched out in every detail. We are actively yeah. seeking guidance from God. We want to be slow enough to hear the Spirit moving in our hearts, thinking, reflecting, Submitting ourselves to the process, the slow cooker mm-hmm. process, you know. Um, so, the, so as you're as we're closing up, I guess the question is, what do you expect from your Christianity? What do you expect from your spiritual development? Um, do you expect some emotional experience every day, or are you anchored? Uh, I love love that line in the hymn: "Tie me to the rock, unchanging. Tie me to His wondrous love. I fix my eyes upon the Savior." Blah blah. So. Tie me, like, tie me to that rock and, yeah. and let me kind of ride the storm tied to this reality. And, and is that my daily life? Am I kind of wired to Christ and to his spiritual process? And am I just washing myself in the grace of the gospel every day? Because if I am, you will see. You will see little by little that block of granite starts to turn into something different. Amen. I really don't have much else to add to that. Awesome. So thank you guys for hanging out with us. I think we went a little over time, but A, it's the season one or season two premiere. So, you know, we we have a little liberty here. We're going to shoot for more closer to 30 minute episodes at this point coming to you every two weeks on Mondays. So keep an eye out. Uh, If we have the opportunity, we will amp it up and increase it. But at this point, our time constraints give us that opportunity. Um, please let us know what you think. Give us feedback. Send in comments, thoughts. We have an Instagram page, a Facebook page. Um, you can check out the website, well-said.org. You can sign up for email updates. Uh, share it with your friends and leave us a review on iTunes. Um, and thank you so much for reconnecting and tuning in. Bye.